This is 8-Bit, episode 59, 50 caliber, boop, on Saturday, December 28th, 2013. And now, say that again with a straight face. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. So did you have a good Christmas? I had a fantastic Christmas. What'd you do? Uh, well, this is my first Christmas not being single, Aww. and it, it was sort of weird because I had to split up family time, hmm. which I've never d- done before. So Christmas Eve, my family stole Sarah, and we had her over, and we all gave her gifts and made fun of her, and actually people made fun of me more than her. So and then that was that was before the 11 o'clock service, right? Yes. Okay. Then, then yeah, then the, we had the 11 o'clock service, and she actually spent the night, which oh, was wow. her mom's idea. <laughs> because the next morning, um, after I opened up gifts with my family, we went over to their house and spent the rest of Christmas Day with her family, and that was... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Diet Coke makes this show so much better. <laughs> And that was... Product placement. Um, <laughs> um, and that was, that was pretty nice. Um, and we, ended up, or we actually ended up going to um, a family friend's house. This was... Actually, the story behind this family friend and Sarah's family is really interesting. So Sarah is one quarter Japanese. Okay. And her grandmother was in one of the Japanese internment camps in World War II. Yeah, that, I heard that was a great time. I know, right? Um... But this other family, uh, the grandmother in this family, her sister was in that internment camp with Sarah's grandmother. Oh, wow. And so when the sister got taken to Minnesota and basically her sister said, yeah, I can vouch for her. I'll, I'll take care of her. I'll make sure that nothing happens. Um, they, her sister convinced her to take Sarah's grandmother, too. Okay. So they're basically family. Nice. Um, and each of our families has couple people who always seem to rack on people for, so, hey, how's the girlfriend? Or, hey, how's the boyfriend? Sort of thing. Sure. Um, and there was this this elderly, elderly gentleman there named Don, who I think was the most spirited one at the entire party, um, who was giving her crap and given, actually giving me more crap than anything. Mm. Um, uh, actually, it's kind of funny. So I, uh, this family, the kids play a lot of ice hockey. Okay. And so. Because Minnesota, right? Yeah. So, um, they actually were at a hockey game today, Sarah and her family. So, uh, she sent me this while I was sitting over at a friend's house earlier today. I'm with Cole and Claire's family tonight at a hockey game. Don said, are you cold? Here, we can cuddle. The boyfriend's not here. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> so he's a sassy old guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a fantastic one at that. Um, so just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, your response to that has got to be like, okay, <laughs> yeah, we respect that. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't be mad. I'm, <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like, I can't be mad at you. I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> um, and I, I know that he means well and mm-hmm. everything like that. So I'm, I'm not worried about it. But yeah, um, so Christmas was a little bit different. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and then actually, Sarah and I spent one of our uh, actually, one of her Christmas gifts, which was two free movie tickets to the AMC theater. At least I think it's an AMC theater, but the theater in the MOA. Okay. Um, and we went and saw Anchorman 2. Would I laugh my ass off at it? I don't know. Really? Wow, that's not the answer I was expecting. I honestly don't know. I mean, I went there and 
I had my hand in my heads for a good chunk of the movie. Because, yes, Anchorman was racy and edgy, and there was some humor that was just like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. This Anchorman 2 kind of pushed that a little bit too far to the point where it wasn't really funny. Oh. Um, or at least in so my like opinion. like the VGXs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very much so like the VGXs. Oh, boy. Um, so, I mean, if you really want to see it, and if you really want to see it with me, I will go with you. Um, uh, I think I can wait <laughs> until, you know, somebody shows up with it and I can watch it for free and, you know. Yeah, like both she and I thought it was middle of the road and she absolutely loved the first one. Mm. So it it was okay. Okay. Yeah. But I mean the cameos were still good. There was another big fight scene. Of go- of course. <laughs> That's all I'm saying about stuff that happened in that one. Though. More special effects. Yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I can't I th- believe that they would do that. <laughs> I think my favorite was the History Channel. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Maybe I will have to see this actually. <laughs> the fight scene I think was the only thing that really saved the movie in a lot of ways. That mm. was that was the best part of the whole thing. Um but for the most part it's just oh. That's funny cuz the fight scene in the first one I felt was just like I felt like it almost didn't fit with the rest of the movie and didn't like really make sense that it was there. Yeah. Um hmm. And I mean, it's the same way in this one. It's it's playing off the funniness of the last movie with that fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the cameos are the cameos were great. There was, let's see, no, do you want me to name off the cameos? I won't tell you like who was playing what and what. Uh, sure. Um, let's see. There was for sure. Um, uh, Will Smith. Oh boy. Um, Liam Neeson. <laughs> Jim Carrey. Uh. Tina Fey and oh shoot, what's what's oh the blonde gosh, gal from this is SNL? Huge. What's what's the blonde gal from SNL? I don't watch SNL. Um, Amy something or another. She left to go into her own series on Thirty Rock. She was fantastic. Okay. Um, absolutely hilarious comedian. Her own show on Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock is a show. Yeah, no, I mean like I think that's her show, isn't, sort of thing. Isn't Tina Fey the one who's in Thirty Rock? Maybe I'm thinking someone else. Anyway, um, and I feel bad that I don't remember her name. Uh, who else? Um, so they're not cameos as in they're cameoing as themselves. They're cameoing as other anchor people from other channels? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, boy. Who else? There was, um... They were yummy? No, there was actually the... No, not that cameo. No, just a bunch of interesting... Oh, shoot. I actually, I don't know his name. I'm sure I would have recognized him, but someone from M- some musician was on MTV, probably Ice Cube. <laughs> Snoop Lion. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, but my uh, my Christmas was kind of pretty much the usual for me. Um, we went to see my mom's side of the family. What you? I remembered one more. Who is it? And actually, he plays a decently large part in the movie, too. Have you ever seen... Um, uh oh shoot what's the live action disney movie not pirates but enchanted or here i'll I'll look them up really quick ah computer wake up again the live act disney has a lot of live action movies what are you talking about enchanted uh no i haven't seen it um james marsden i don't know who that is let's see what all was he in he was in x-men um yeah he was in all the x-men movies 
Uh, yeah, Anchorman to Thirty Rock, um, Modern Family. I don't know. You, you'll have to go and look at his. Oh, he was in Hairspray. I haven't Did seen that see either. That? Uh, no, The Notebook. No, I don't. You know, oddly enough, I haven't seen a lot of things. Okay. Um, well, okay. Did you see X Men at all? Um, uh, long time ago, bits and pieces. Okay, he was the guy that played Cyclops. Okay. Yeah, when I try to picture Cyclops, I end up picturing Captain America. Um, <laughs> I'll throw this up. In the, Sorry, in the show notes. Oh well. Okay. Um, but yeah, I uh, I spent time with my mom's side of the family on uh, Christmas Eve, and then we had the eleven o'clock service with you guys. And then uh, on Christmas morning, I was uh, the last one to wake up as usual, and uh, my sisters ended up making me get up so that we could open presents uh, as usual. And uh, let's see. Oh, I got a bunch of uh, bunch of really awesome nerdy clothes, like <laughs> this uh, this TARDIS sweatshirt that I'm wearing right now, and uh, a really 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 loud Star Wars t or sweatshirt that's. Um, it's got like the original kind of concept art, you know, with uh, with Luke Skywalker holding the lightsaber above his head and Leia, you know, <laughs> right next to him with the with the little pistol, and uh, he's all ripped and it looks nothing like Luke Skywalker in the movie. Um, and it's just it's really really bright and just like basically it says, "My name is Ian Buck and I love Star Wars." Really? Yeah, like it's just shouting it to the world. <laughs> um, and I also got some Bluetooth speakers and. Mm. Some Boba Fett earbuds. Yeah, my sister got me those. Uh, and of course, of course, I got the uh, the helmet, the N7 helmet uh, <laughs> from you, <laughs> which I, I'm pretty safe to say that uh, nobody topped that one. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Good. I'm glad that you enjoyed it so much. And then we um, we went down to Iowa to visit our dad's side of the family. Um Bettendorf Bucks? Yep, the bet. Well, yep. Well, most of them are Bucks. Because, I mean, my dad's sister's family yeah, is the yeah. Hans, but, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually learned something new uh, when I went down to Iowa. I learned that T-Mobile does not cover most of Iowa. They, really? Yeah, no. They It's it's a thing called, like, a, a service partner, roaming service partner or something like that. And... um. I, I had to look it up once I got to their house because I, you know, it, my phone was warning me, if you use data here, you might get charged for roaming data. And I'm like, that does not sound good. I don't want to do that. So I waited until I got to their house to uh, use any internet. And I looked it up and it's like, oh, well, your plan allows you to use 100 megabytes of data on, uh, you know, roaming partner uh, networks. Uh, and good news, after that 100 megabytes is up, they just won't let you use any data at all, so you won't get overcharged. Oh, that's nice. Um, and so I turned on roaming data, but my phone still kind of refused to do the internet, so I'll have to figure that out. Hmm. Um, but I don't leave Minnesota very often. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's this is the first time that I've left Minnesota since a very long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> In a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so now I'm back. From out of space? <laughs> Uh, something, something, I'm a survivor. Um, uh, I will survive. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, you just walked up right up in here with that sad look upon your face yeah, or something like exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually I got back like literally a half an hour before I got here. So yeah. Yeah. My mom, uh, forced me to eat some dinner before coming, which is why I was 10 minutes late. Oh, well, I haven't really had dinner, so we could have gone to dinner. Yeah, I know, but. Oh, well. 
whatever. We have a show to do. Yes, we do. Speaking of show. Um, oh, listener man. feedback? What? Yes, yes. So we got the best piece of listener feedback this week. Um, <laughs> Sadly, it's not about either of us. No. Uh, and, and, like, I've been wondering for the last couple of weeks, why do I still have the listener feedback section in there? Because nobody ever gives us feedback, and usually it's Andrew Bailey. And when it's Andrew Bailey, I usually, like, email him back and then forget to put it in the listener feedback, and we never talk about it on the show the next week. Um, <laughs> but... This week, uh, we got uh, some listener feedback about Martin, who was our guest last week. Uh, one of my friends. Should I, should I say who it is? Nah, let's keep yeah. it anonymous. Okay, it's a, it's, a, it's a secret. But if you want to know, then you can go on the fringe and listen because I mentioned her name on the fringe. <laughs> yes, you did. But she says, she said to me, I forgot that Martin is really attractive. <laughs> And so I, I pressed her further for information about, you know, what she meant. And she was like, well, I mean, I saw him on Friday and, and, and then, you know, I heard his voice on the podcast and everything. And he just, he has a really nice voice. And, and I forgot how attractive he was in high school. And I'm like, that's not the only thing about him that's nice. Oh my gosh. And then, and then she, she like goes on and on about his radio voice. And I'm like, you're making me sound, you're making feel, me feel jealous about his voice now. Hey, what about my radio voice? I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how she feels about your voice. Well, I guess I'll just have to speak a little bit more sultry then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so congratulations, Martin. Uh, I think you may be the first person on the show who's uh, gotten that kind of compliment in a listener feedback form. Well, in the listener feedback form. But yeah. I mean, I, I tried to sell Sam. Yeah, I know. And uh, he's... Very happy that you did that. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> working on it. Though actually, that's more your job, seeing it's he's kind of up by you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I th- actually, I think he's um, he's decided that his his job to get me hooked up with somebody because he keeps talking about being my wingman and um, offering to write uh, uh, weird books for people that I'm interested in. In order to get them to like me, yeah, weird book. Yeah, like he uh, um, he's offered to to write uh, uh, erotic fictions for me. Like we had this conversation, and uh, and I was just like, "Gee, thanks for the offer." I don't even know if that would help or hinder my chances. <laughs> well, I mean, there was that one time when I was talking with Hoodoo. And <laughs> Wait, what? Um, I mean, if stuff gets spread around about you, I mean, it, 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 it can get you women. There was this one woman who he was with this one time, and then she started ta- talking him up, and from there on forth, he started getting more women because they heard about him from oh, her. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I do remember that. That being said, I think that if Sam started going on about that, you wouldn't necessarily get more women <laughs> to come for you. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, not, not that that's a bad thing. No judgments. Nope, none at all. I would love you either way, but not in that way. I'm not the one who's been in a drag show. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. It uh, was fabulous! By definition. Sparkly yes. everywhere. Actually, I know what. I, no, I didn't have any spark. Oh my god, I'm disappointed in myself. You're just going to have to do it again next year, that means. Exactly. Um, so, since this is our end of the year episode, uh, we have some awesome um, year in review stuff to talk about. Specifically, you know, our favorite 
things, game things from this year. Uh, Which means that we're actually going to be completely skipping headlines because, uh, A, it's Christmas week and not much goes on. Uh, And, B, you know, we just want to get to the nice, juicy stuff. Um, But before the nice, juicy stuff, I actually have to do a review of Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag because it shows up in my list several times. Okay. And I mean... Or at least once. Um, I have... Well, okay, did I did I ever review Far Cry 3? The core the, game? I core don't game. think so. No. And actually, that that's good because uh, these games are actually kind of similar. Um, I, there's, there's kind of two eras in Ubisoft's games now. There's pre-Far Cry 3 and post-Far Cry 3. <laughs> um, and from what I've heard, there's a lot of Far Cry 3 that's showed up in Assassin's Creed 4. So do you want to go first or should I go first? Why don't you go first? Okay. And then, uh, because yours is listed first and then I can talk about it. Um, So Assassin's Creed 4 is now the Assassin's Creed game that I have spent the most time in, which is definitely a good sign. Um, However, I'm going to say that it's it's still my second favorite out of all of them uh, after Assassin's Creed 2, simply because Assassin's Creed 2 had a way better story. Like, uh, thinking back on it now, the Assassin's Creed 4 story meant nothing to me. Um, (laughs) You know, I played that game for so long... Because I enjoyed the side missions so much. All of the side activities, like, the appeal of this game is purely to go sailing around, being a pirate, and, you know, getting getting treasure, getting loot, uh, upgrading my ship, and going out and doing it again. You know, and taking mm-hmm. missions that, uh, you know, where I'm specifically hunting down a particular ship, or, um, you know... Uh, you know, going going to the islands and finding all of the treasure that's hidden there, um, stuff like that. You know, c- collecting specific items so that I can get you know the like uh, uh, the the Mayan um, outfit. You know, or y- that kind of thing. Um, I didn't. This, yeah, the main story really wasn't anything special. Um, and actually, so I've heard a lot of people complaining about you know the the modern day uh, um, kind of missions. They're not really missions, but you know you you get taken out of the animus every once in a while, and you have to go walking around in Abstergo Entertainment because you're working you're you're playing a character who's working for them now. Entertainment. Um, yeah. So um, Abstergo is the modern day front for the Templars, who are the bad guys of the series. Yeah. Except that I don't really think of them as bad guys because uh, ideologically I agree more with them than the assassins. <laughs> um, and and so Abstergo Entertainment is this this company that they've set up to use the uh, Animus to make games. Uh, uh, you know, out of historical data and stuff. And so, you know, Assassin's Creed Liberation, which came out on the Vita last year, um, was, in-universe, in was the first game that they came out with. And in-universe, it was published by Ubisoft. Like, this is, <laughs> this is, this is a hilarious mirroring of uh, real life here. Um, and, and some of the things, like, so sometimes you'll hear people talking about, like, uh, weird security measures and stuff, and you're going... Okay, are they actually saying that? Like, be, like, did they write this into the game because they want to talk about Abstergo? Or are they writing this into the game because they want to talk about their own development studio <laughs> and <laughs> stuff that goes on there? Um, but, like, a lot of people complained about not, you know, having to leave the pirate thing and go and do stuff in the modern day. But I, like, the first few times that I, that I uh, you know, had to leave the Animus, I was just like, oh my god, look at all this awesome technology, I want to work here! <laughs> And that might be because I'm a computer science student and I could totally see myself working there. Uh, so I kind of have a unique perspective, but yeah. 
I mean, if they wanted to hire me to write the music, then maybe. But at the same time, I know you like the Templars more, but I don't really like them simply because I play the character that they're trying to kill. <laughs> it makes right. me a little bit hard to become attached to them that way. Hey, wait, okay, yeah, you haven't played Assassin's Creed 3. but um, No. And that's the other thing. Coming off of Assassin's Creed 3, Assassin's Creed 4 is so good. Because Assassin's Creed 3 was easily my least favorite out of the series. Mm. And then to come off of that and have, you know, a really, really strong one. Um, like, Assassin's Creed is the only franchise, the only annualized franchise that I can really get behind. Uh, because they change so much from game to game. Um, and, of course, you know, Assassin's Creed 4 is probably the biggest change that they've made in the series to date. Mm. Uh, because they most of the game is now naval combat. And, um, you know, obviously, like, when boarding ships uh, and whenever you're, you know, in a city or whatever, uh, all of the free-running and stuff is still there. All of the Assassin's Creed core stuff is still there, uh, which is good because the, the core, you know, the running around and, um, you know, the I get the story, yeah, like, like you know, the, the whole Assassin's versus Templar's overarching story uh, is a good thing. Um, and so, like, when, when they keep that core and then change everything else around it, that's that's a really good model, I think, for an annualized franchise. And yeah. that's why I can get behind it. Yes. Um, but, like, so what I mentioned about Far Cry 3, um, yeah, this definitely takes a lot from Far Cry 3 because it's, you know, they have so much open world stuff. They have, you know, the hunting uh, in order to get different types of, you know, leather and, and furs and stuff in order mm-hmm. to craft pouches. Like, literally, I'm crafting pouches. Mm-hmm. Just like you do in Far Cry 3 uh, to, get, you know, get better stuff in the game. Um, and, yeah, I think Ubisoft kind of looked at Far Cry 3 and was like, hey, everybody loved that. Let's do that more. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you talk about Far Cry 3? And I mean, yeah, the, the crafting stuff definitely works well. It's it, it allows sort of the game to ramp itself up without necessarily <clears> – or, <throat> er, well, in a lot of ways with allowing the player the player to choose the pace at which it ramps itself up. You are given mm-hmm. the opportunity – to go and hunt most of these animals right away because you can wander anywhere around on the first of two islands, actually. Okay. Um, and I had several more islands to, to <laughs> Yeah, but these are much bigger than those. I would imagine. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Actually, the funny thing about the, the overworld, you know, the sea world. Overworlds! <laughs> yeah, sea world. Um, <laughs> is, is that, like, as I'm sailing around, like, it doesn't take more than two minutes to get from one end of the map to the other if I'm traveling at, like, you know at at um travel speed and i don't run into any enemies mm. like it, it's not it's not actually that big of a map but there's so much stuff to do that you just get distracted and go to something else yeah instead of you know continue going <laughs> yeah and i mean if if with far cry 3 um if you count fast travel then maybe actually no not at all it's it's an absolutely huge world mm. and there are a lot of things to do um Let's see how much out of curiosity, how much magic is in is in or like magic y things. Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed. Absolutely zero. It's pretty hard science fiction. Okay. I mean, do we count uh regenerating health as magic? <laughs> because it's basically magic. It's basically magic. <laughs> what about the ending to Revelations? Uh ending to Revelations. Well, okay, so I mean, they can get away with most things in the Assassin's Creed universe that seem like magic and say it's just a technology that's so advanced that it just looks like magic to us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Um, and that was a third-person game, yes? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah, Far Cry 3 did first-person, and it did it well. Um, I kind of wish that they'd use, like, the Far Cry 3 
engine for this because the the first person portions where you're in modern day uh kind of, like the controls just seem kind of wonky yeah. but all you're doing is walking around so it doesn't it didn't really matter yeah yeah and i suppose that's probably why they were a little lax on that area mm-hmm. probably yeah um but i know you said that the assassin's creed 4 storyline wasn't necessarily it wasn't i mean like they tried to make it emotional by like okay the introducing you to these big significant pirates and and uh giving them a human face and then killing them off but it's like well i knew that blackbeard was going to die yeah because historically i know that blackbeard dies yes uh and so it happened and i'm like oh yeah i know that story i remember that spoiler happening spoiler alert yeah exactly <laughs> hey don't watch the Titanic. Most of the people die. Damn it, you. <laughs> uh, and then, like at the at the very end of the game, um, you know, after Edwards kind of had his his character changing moment, you know, and he's like, "I'm I'm gonna be a good person now, and you know, try to be a good father." And uh, and then you know, there's somebody singing this sweet song, and he looks around and he sees all of his friends that he's lost over the course of the game sitting at the tables around him, and I'm like, "Aww." So that it didn't actually make me feel, aw. I was just like, <laughs> good try. <laughs> um, actually, Far Cry 3 was a lot different from that because none, it's everyone on there is invented. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the characters who you interact with other than yourself are all either close friends on the island who were taken captive there with you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, being taken captive isn't necessarily that big of a surprise. Um, and, and I mean, there's a few things that make you feel kind of sorry for them. Like the first bad guy that you're introduced, the first, yeah, I think he is the first fad, bad guy that you get introduced to is a guy named Voss. Is he the crazy guy on the TV screens? Yes. Okay. One with the mohawk and the yeah, yeah. wide eyes. And you know what the definition of, ans- or of insanity is, Mr. Yeah, Brody? Except that that's not the definition of insanity, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and I mean, he, he's sort of a tragic character too, because he wasn't originally evil. He was taken and he was tortured and brainwashed basically into being that mm. insane and working for his boss. Oh, okay. So he's not even like the main. No. Oh, interesting. No. Dude, I need to play this game now. You do. <laughs> the game, you, un- you uncover a lot of things. It's. The story, yeah, the storyline is in a lot of ways fantastic, but you also get distracted by all the little things that you get to do. So in this game, um, there's a few things that you have to do. You you have to climb to the top of radio towers mm-hmm. and unlock them in order to unlock portions of the map, um, or at least visibility in portions I'm, of the map. I'm thinking about, well, yeah, that actually is very uh, Assassin's Creed, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also thinking about uh, Tomb Raider. You have to climb up a radio tower once in that game, but yeah, it was a pretty cool Radio tower. Yeah. No, you you do that several times, and the view is just as gorgeous each time, and actually you get a wingsuit part of the way through the game. Nice. I mean, you, you usually have a zip line that you get to jump onto to get off of those, but part of the way through the game you actually get a wingsuit so you can jump off and be like, I want to go there. Nice. Um, Just got to be careful with that and deploying it at the right time, otherwise you'll just fall and die. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, That goes for wingsuits in real life, too. I know. Go figure. <laughs> um... I don't know. What were some other really good things that I thought about the game? Um, were you doing it mostly stealthy or run and gun? I go stealthy until poop hits the fan. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I my current um, 
my current lineup of my four weapons are I have an assault rifle mm-hmm. that has no silencers, just high power, decently high rate of fire. Um, not necessarily super long range, but decent range. So mid-range assault rifle, mm-hmm. as they're supposed to be. Um, my bow. For silent takedowns. A fifty caliber um, sniper rifle. What? With a silencer. <laughs> Say that again with a straight face. <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, and I mean, it, it, it's the one that has the highest range out of all of the sniper rifles in the entire game. So I just kind of sit back and I'm like, I'm going to be all quiet now. Boop. <laughs> 50 caliber. Boop. Boop. <laughs> and I mean, even if it's not a headshot, it can still kill the heavy gunners in one hit. <laughs> Um, and those guys usually take several shots. Um, and then the other one is a pistol grip shotgun for close range and whenever I'm running around. Um, uh, but it's just, uh, so, I mean, I have a good balance of weapons, decent, decent amount of stealth. I try, yeah, I try to do long range stealth until poop hits the fan. And then once everything is calmed down and nobody's coming to chase after me and it seems like there's nobody else around, but the game is saying that there's still people around, then I just take out the bow and mm-hmm. sneak through. Otherwise, if I'm in close encounters, then I try and be as sneaky as possible with the bow and with takedowns. But that's not always possible either. Mm-hmm. Um, How so, far are you in the game? I think I'm getting pretty close. Okay. Because right now I'm going after Voss's boss. Okay. Voss's boss! It's like German. Was ist was? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it sounds like you definitely re- recommend Assassin's or Far, Far Cry, Cry 3. 3. And I definitely recommend Assassin's Creed 4. I mean, like, I spent $60 on the game and I spent almost as much time in the game in, so, in hours. Way to so, go, Ubisoft. Yeah. That's, yeah. They make some good stuff now. They do. Not that they didn't before, but yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Um, so now, on to. 2013, the year. Oh wait! Review. Before we do that, do we want to do conclude our regular reviews? How much would you pay for a? Assassin's I would. Creed I would pay a full sixty dollars. Full sixty bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And actually, uh, it's already been on sale during the holiday. Uh, sale. Yeah, the Steam holiday sale. So it might pop up again at some point. Yeah. Um. So just keep an eye on for that. Yeah. And I mean, Far Cry Three. It's huge. Lots of hours of gameplay. Interesting stories. Interesting extra stories that you get to unlock through Uplay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, both of these are games that if you let yourself get lost in the games, they will last you a long time. Several hours. Yeah, it's, especially if you don't spend every waking hour of your day playing yes. the way that I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can you know, last you many, many, many weeks Yes, if you do if you play I'm, it a reasonable amount. Yeah, I'm shooting on finishing it up tonight, and I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> yeah. How much I'm going to be asleep, or how much I'm going to be sleeping tonight then, or how late I'm going to be up until. So let's get the podcast finished so I can get to bed. Let's do this. Before 6 a.m. Um, so. And uh, I'd, I'd say, sorry, I should probably say about Far Cry 3. Um, and I mean, it's it's been out for over, over a year, year now. now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, maybe down to like 40 or 50, but it's still a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. So pick it up. If if it came out in this year, that it probably wouldn't have been my Excuse me, my game of the year. Did it... For this year. Did it come with any other significant DLCs other than uh, Blood Dragon? Are there any other big ones? Um, None. Not the 
or nothing except the things that you get to unlock through you play. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um. So now 2013, the year in review. <laughs> yes. Um. So since since obviously we don't have perspective on all of the games that came out this year, you know, and we have different perspectives on a lot of the games because we haven't played the same games. Uh, what we're going to do first is we're going to each list off the games that we have played this year, and then both of us will choose our own, you know, game to award for, uh, for each category. Um, uh, do we want to, yeah, yeah. And we'll go over the categories in a moment. Um, so the games that I played, uh, I played several games that, uh, did not come out this year. Um, I played Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery on, uh, on Android and it's also on PC. Um, I played Crisis. I played Super Hexagon, which is another mobile game. Um, Amnesia the Dark Descent, Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh, I had several games that, you know, I've been playing since probably some of them since they like came out, uh, and I'm still playing them. And that would be World of Tanks, Civilization V, Frozen Synapse, and, uh, Borderlands 2. And then games that I played that did come out this year, uh, are Bioshock Infinite, Kentucky Route Zero, Dots, Tomb Raider, Color Zen, Antichamber, Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs, The Stanley Parable, Gone Home, Contrast, Ingress, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, and World of Warplanes. And then I played several very, like, large DLCs. Um, I call them significant DLCs, I'd say. Uh, And that was the Assassin's Creed 3 King Washington trilogy, um, the Mass Effect 3 Citadel DLC, uh, Dishonored, uh, the Knife of Dunwall, and Brigmore Witches uh, DLCs, and... Um, Bioshock Infinite's Burial at Sea. And it's a really good thing that I, you know, have been doing reviews of all of these things and writing them all down on my blog because I would not have been able to make this cohesive list without it. Yeah, I kind of had to just look at my Steam inventory and go, okay, yeah. I played that one, that one. I, when did I last play that one? Holy cow. All right, let's go check the achievements when I got that achievement. Um, <laughs> and then figure out, like, you know, what the five games that you have that aren't in on Steam, you know, <laughs> what those are. <laughs> I don't know if I've played any really on any of my handhelds this past year mm. that much. I mean, I did pick up Pokemon Y, but that was yesterday when I was at the MOI with Sarah. <laughs> oh, boy. So, oh, that's interesting. Okay. You'll, you'll see why that's just interesting, listeners. We'll yeah. down there in a little while. Um, and I have reasons. Okay. <laughs> you will hear those reasons. Um, and actually, I haven't even opened it. It hasn't been out of the package yet. So... <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear. All right. So for me, uh, should I start with games that didn't come out this year or games that yeah, did? I, I started with games that did not come out this year. Okay. I'm kind of the opposite of you. You had more games that came out this year than didn't come out this year. I definitely had more games that didn't come out this year. So um, Alan Wake, Assassin's Creed. I did dink around in that a little bit. I, ne- I still haven't finished it yet. Yeah. There's a lot of these that I haven't finished that I got to playing a little bit. And I was like, oh, nope, got to go back to camp. <laughs> and I got distracted by right. things. Um, Audio Surf, Bastion, Borderlands 2, Dead Space, Dragon Age 2, Civ 5, Mirror's Edge, Of Orcs and Men, and Far Cry 3. You hadn't played Bastion until this year? No, I played it a while ago, but I mean, I hadn't actually finished it, and I was digging around it and trying to get through a little bit more this year, and that was during the summer. That was during the summer. You need to learn how to focus. (laughs) I need to learn how to not have school. I, I, I suppose. Or, or camp. camp. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just be like Shuffle and bring your desktop to camp. 
Man, uh, that guy was lame. I mean, I'd be okay with that too, but <laughs> all right. So for games that did come out this year, I was I loved I think all the major titles that I played that came out this year. Um Shadow Warrior, The Stanley Parable, Bioshock Infinite, DMC Devil May Cry, Dots, Colors End, and Tomb Raider. And then for DLCs it was Dishonored, Knife of Dunwall, and Dishonored Brigmore Witches. Um finally got around to playing Dawn Guard from Skyrim and Far Cry three Blood Dragon. And if I had been able to count that as a game itself, which in some ways I think I should have been able to because it was yeah. a standalone DLC, but... I don't know. They, if they market it as a DLC, I think we should count it as a DLC. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but it was still fantastic. I I don't know if I... The only other game that I think on this list that I laughed at more... Well, okay, there's two. Shadow Warrior and the Stanley Parable. Okay. Wow. The Shadow Warrior, yeah. I, I suppose, yeah. Um, cool. So the the awards categories that we decided to give out this year are um, mo- the best mobile slash handheld game. Um, Why don't you name yours first? Well, I, I was going to just go down the list. Oh, okay. Yeah, fine. Indie game of the year. Story game of the year. Multiplayer game of the year. Game we spent the most time playing this year. Game we wish we could play but don't have a system for. DLC of the year. Gaming moment of the year. Worst game of the year. Best game of the year. And news story of the year. Oh, man, this is going to be great. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, this is such a good year, especially since this is the first full year that we've had of doing this podcast. Yeah. So we I, we actually kind of have a a good, like, stance from which to make opinions now. Um, what? We, we've been doing this for a while. We can have opinions? Yeah. This like, is an America. <laughs> putting things out there validates my opinion, right? <laughs> This is an America. This is America, damn it. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> all right. So my favorite mobile slash handheld game of the year is Ingress. Um, and I love Ingress because it is a game that like fully uses the potential of the mobile, uh, you know, a mobile device. It, it wouldn't work on any other system, period. Um and I just, I love it for that. And also it's a good excuse to get outside and, yeah. you know, actually go out and do things. Yeah. If I hadn't lost my... Yeah, I know. Yeah. Then I probably would have played that. Maybe I've put that up there too. That being said, I never got around to playing in- Ingress. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only other two handheld games that I hear- had on here were Dots and Colors In. And those were both okay, but I wouldn't really consider them much games so much as time wasters. Yeah, well... Some people would consider a game to be time wasters, but you know, yeah. screw them. No, games are supposed to be stories and immersive. And no, I didn't just look at you significantly, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Guild Wars Two is probably more of a time wasted than anything because it sucks Ooh. you in like no other, and there's so many things to do and whatnot. So, speaking of time wasters, um, and I mean. Any RPG always has the sitting and level grinding aspect. That's a bit of a time waster. So yeah. Pokemon X and Y is what the one that I had as my mobile and handheld game of the year. And my reason behind it was this. Um, we had a bunch of people who were – we've I've talked to a few people who um, – including the people who we had on our show to review it. To review it. it. Well, and one person. One Savannah. person, yeah. But people who have been around since Gen 1 and people who are hardcore Gen 1 – Gen 1ers actually enjoyed it. Yeah. So they changed it enough. They – I'm not exactly sure what all they've changed yet, so I'm excited to look into that. But well, you clearly paid a lot of attention while Savannah was reviewing it for us. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, okay, I don't remember off the top of my head what all they changed. I would definitely. But you remember told. enough to have picked it up. To have picked it up, and that it was worth getting. So it's it's not necessarily one that I've um, played yet, but it's one that I anticipate playing and anticipate enjoying as well. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I forgot. Um, there's another category that we should add in last minute, and maybe we can talk about it at the end. Okay. Most anticipated game. Oh yes, I was going to. Yes, I was going to put that in there, and then I forgot to. <laughs> All right, and then I'll get started on um, the next one. So the, our, the indie game of the Actually, year. Actually, I, I have a question for you about Pokemon. Um, okay. Did you have a 3DS already? Yes. Right. And you hadn't gotten like any games for it this year at all before now? Um, I don't play it as much as I would have liked. I got it. Uh, I had Ocarina of Time... Uh, the remake that was on there. And actually, I'm going to see if I can pick up the Wind Waker remake okay. for it sometime soon, too. But um, I got it for just those core games that are like, oh my gosh, yes, I remember you. Um, and want to pick up and play as a 20-some-year-old. And I mean, my main... I haven't really gotten around to playing a lot of them anyway because I've been stuck doing schoolwork. And when I'm not doing schoolwork or other school-related or music-related things, I'm trying to play games that I can review more easily for this one. And mm-hmm. seeing as we're PC guys and I have more access to PC things. Yeah. Because Steam. Um, it's a little... It's not like you have a backlog or anything. No. <laughs> Or Humble Bundles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Has ever happened? No, no. Oh, man. Actually, I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself. So um, another thing for Christmas, I uh, the Humble Bundle influenced my Christmas in a couple of ways. Okay. Uh, first thing was my gift for Helena was $10 towards a Humble Bundle of her choice, and she got to allocate where the funds went. Okay. Um, 3 bucks to the developers, 350 to the Humble Bundle people, and 350 to charities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one was... Um, my aunt, she always used to do toys for tots shopping with me and my siblings. And we would go out and we would get something like $1,000 worth of toys. So a ridiculous amount of toys. Keep in mind, she and her husband both have six-digit salaries and no kids. <sighs> so they were like, we're going to buy toys. She, and she loves giving. Yeah. Too. Um, uh, so she got $1,000 worth of toys and donated them to Toys for Tots. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Good. Because I was going to say, wait a minute. She got you $1,000 worth of toys? No. That is ridiculous. No. Um, and I mean, yes, she's helped me out quite a bit financially with like school and mm-hmm. especially for paying with this trip um, that I'm going to be doing right. next up. So if if it's a really cool opportunity or something like that, then she's willing to help out. But if it's just stuff, not not quite so much. If it's that's, if it, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> if it's ilchies, then yes. Sorry, I should explain what an ilchie is. An ilchie is. A f- I was just gonna roll with it. <laughs> phrased by um, the band director that stands for incredible life changing experience. Ah. Anyway, but so this year, uh, because none of us really enjoy going toys for tot shopping anymore, what she did is she had us all pick three different charities and was giving us a set amount, um, and we had to choose how much went to each charity. We had to research each charity. Um, present why the things that they did and why we liked them. Um, that sounds like a school project. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, and we had to find two that we knew already, and at least one of them uh, had. Or sorry, at least one of those three had to be a brand new one. Okay. So my three were Heifer, mm-hmm. Red Cross, okay, and the Child's Play Foundation, which I learned about through the Humble Bundle. Nice. So yeah, good choices. Uh, okay, so indie game of the year. Uh, wow. Hey, unanimous. <laughs> should we should we try to say it together? Sure. The Stanley, Stanley Parable. 
<laughs> Perfect. Uh, so let's see what uh, what what games was this competing with in my in my mind. So the other the other indie games that I played were Gone Home, Contrast, uh, Anti Chamber. I think that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does Alan Wake count as no, no, no? Um, well, audio surf, especially since it didn't come out this year. Yeah, yeah. Then I just have Stanley Parable. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like out of so, I I it was really for me between Gone Home and the Stanley Parable. Um, and since uh, I was picking Gone Home for something else already, um, I you know I definitely felt that Stanley Parable deserved to have you know something um and the indie game of the year is like it's definitely definitely up there yeah um it's oh, gosh it's so hilarious and it's he's so cheeky I love the announcer he's just like and i've never played something quite like it before you know that just that makes fun of video game tropes while being a video game itself um, you know, and like literally everything about it makes fun of video game tropes all the way to the achievements. Uh, like I literally have a reminder set on my phone, uh, for five years from now so that, you know, uh, five years from now it will remind me to play the Stanley Parable again because you get an achievement for not playing the game for five years. I'm dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, yeah, the... It's completely satirical and sarcastic, and the announcer is hilarious. And and he has a good voice. He does have so a good voice. So listening to his voice for a few hours is, you know, not something that I minded doing. No, and I mean a lot of the um, a lot of the endings are kind of kind of out there, kind of amusing. Um, I didn't play through it every the entirety because I the when I first started playing through it, one I was trying to work my way through through. Far Cry 3 still. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I can't spend too much time on this game. And second up, I was already exhausted. And when I left the game for just a little while, I realized that I had trouble discerning what actually was reality <laughs> because I was just that tired. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go to bed now. Um, but is it a real bed? Shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, But, I mean, I watched... There was one ending that I was no way I was going to do it. Was it the four hour long one? Yeah. Yeah. Did you check that one out? I, I saw the video of it. Um, and I definitely didn't do it. I, th- I think that's the only one that I was aware of that I hadn't done that I didn't do. And then I brought up the heaven one. Yeah. Which I haven't done, but I'll have to wait for five years from now. <laughs> Will you remember it five years from now? Well, five, five years from now, I'm sure I'll remember something about, you know, there was a heaven thing. I'll have to ask Ian about that. So boom. No, you won't. No? Okay, I'll just look it up. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> that had to do with an elevator or something and pushing buttons and something. Interior something. crocodile alligator? Sure. Wait, is that seriously what it was? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, what it was is you... Um, well, should I say it on here? No, you shouldn't. No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, so, story game of the year. Uh, that's the one that I chose Gone Home for. And, I mean, I didn't really have anyone other that could really be considered story games in a lot of ways. Because I would consider Tomb Raider more like an action game. Um, well, no, uh, well, okay. By story game, I, I kind of meant the best story in a game oh. for this year. Okay, because do you want to revise your answer then? Mm, I don't know, because 
Bioshock Infinite was a really good mm-hmm. story. Actually, all the games, Shadow Warrior, Bioshock, and Tomb Raider, all had fantastic stories. And I mean, Shadow Warrior was probably just because it, it was more of a surprise than anything. The story wasn't... Actually, no, I, I guess the story wasn't... There we go. That makes more sense. Game, anything game story of the year. Yeah, game story of the year. <laughs> um, oh, jeez. Actually, I'm probably going to revise it to Tomb Raider then. Okay. That's a good answer. Um, So, I chose Gone Home because, like... So, it's, it's only a two-hour game, but... Everything in the game serves the purpose of furthering furthering the story. Um, and there's, you know, it, it does it in such an incredible way, you know, where you're not meeting any of the characters that you're, ta- that you're learning about, you know, that you're getting these stories about. There's no, you know, there's no AI to get in the way. There's, it's just you searching a house and finding clues about these people's lives. Um, and if, you know, if you do it really, really thoroughly, then you'll get like the whole story. But if you, you know, if you, and, and they lay it out so carefully so that you get the story in the correct order. Um, but it's entirely possible that you can just, you know, skip over something and miss it and miss part of the story. Um, and so like the, the story that you get still depends on what kind of player you are. You know, are you the kind of person that searches every room, every drawer, you know, finds every piece of paper, or are you the kind of person who just is like, okay, I just need to find like whatever key I need in order to get to the next room kind of thing, you know? Um, and, and, and like the story itself was just, it was so sweet. It was, you know, it was about teenage love and, you know, finding your identity and, you know, the, and well, so that was just her sister story. And then there's, you know, the story of the parents as well. And, you know, like a, a struggling, um, writer and, uh, a marriage that like seems to, almost get broken at one point and you know it's oh man it's just so good all the feels all the feels all them all and, those sneaky feels and and the ending just ties it all up nicely and like it makes i can see i can see some people being annoyed at the ending like you know but but we don't really know what happens but um but it man it was really satisfying for me hmm. i liked it so would you recommend possibly being this being one of the few games where I just go and play it? You can play it in one sitting, easy. Well, that's not what I'm trying to ask. What I'm asking is, should I play it in the way where I'm following where the game tells me to go as opposed to my usual thing, which is go in the opposite direction? You, Yeah, you really should pay attention to the clues that they're trying to give you and go in the direction that they're suggesting, okay. si- silently suggesting. Like, you know, it doesn't literally say... You should go here next, but like the you know yeah there there are clues in the environment that clearly point you in one direction. Okay, so I will follow the clues instead of scouring, mm-hmm. which I usually do. I usually scour and go. If a game tells me to go in one direction, I go in the absolute mm-hmm. opposite direction. And like there are so there are several like distinct areas in the in the house, um, and you definitely want to make sure that you that you do scour an entire area before like moving on to the next area. But it'll be pretty obvious, like, what the next area is that they want you to go to. Okay. Um, I can do that. Yeah. I can do that very much so. <laughs> oh, man. Just, oh, I, I, I don't want to say anything else because I, I might give spoilers out. I'll download it and play it sometime over the next week or so. Okay. Good. Good. Because it's worth it. Okay. It's so worth it. I'm excited for it now. But my, my review didn't make you excited for it? 
Absolutely not. Oh, God. I'm, kidding, I'm, yes. I'm not doing my job then, huh? <laughs> nope. So Tomb Raider, why did you why did you like Tomb Raider's story so much? I don't know. I mean it it was just a well written story. One of the um so this past January, about a year ago actually now, if you think about it. Wow, yeah. Um I took a class all about sci fi stuff and a lot of that was writing your own sci fi story. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest rules I still of that, need to read that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I have of it, it's still not finished. Yes, yes. Um uh, but like one of the biggest, um, rules of writing a story is continually hurt your main character. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad mm-hmm. that life doesn't follow that rule. Yeah. It's yeah. No, yeah. Um, but just, and it, it does a good way of doing that. There's lots of really interesting plot twists, lots of. The ending to it was just, what? I don't remember much about the ending other than I got double pistols and shot the creepy priest a bunch of times. Yeah, I mean... Which was awesome. Which was awesome, <laughs> yes. Oh, and there was a whirlwind of some kind going on. Had to do with magic or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, magic. Oh, whoa. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, that was huge. Oh, man. So it had a great buildup. It wasn't just, okay, now you do this. Okay, now you do this. And just, it wasn't plateauing anywhere, really. It was just continually... Going up, there it was always ups and downs and ups and downs. And the thing that I really appreciated about the story was that they weren't afraid of just straight up killing main characters for Laura's uh, uh, character development. Yeah, and that that bummed me out that I had to see a few of those. Died. I know, but but they, it it made the story better and just it ah. did. So it was yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was so good. And, and I, I love how our talking about this is mostly just indistinguishable grunts and <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, now I remember the yeah. Um. I remember when I was a couple of hours into the game and I snarkily turned to you and I was just like, "Well, this has been a really nice uh, two or three D movie because <laughs> it was just so cinematic that I hadn't really played much yet." And, you know, I, I had maybe like walked down a few hallways, you know, or like along a cliffside or something. Yeah. And and other than that, it was like cutscenes, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, story stuff. And I mean, a lot of it is it's it's fairly linear in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um. I mean, I was aware of the fact that I could go and explore parts of the island that I had already been to, but I didn't feel the need to do that ever. Yeah. Um. But I mean, and like obviously, the story was not the only good thing about the game. Like no. it was a gorgeous game. the The mechanics were nice. The mechanics um, were nice. Yeah, a um, lot of good mix of the old and the new. With like, oh, you can go and search this this sort of tombless little itty bitty mm-hmm. side. Yeah, the now. side temples. Yeah. Um, the the quick time events that they had, I thought were implemented actually really really nice. Yeah, because they weren't. They usually weren't like a do this or die kind of thing. They were a lot the, of them were do. Oh yeah, okay. I was thinking more of the like hit a button now to kill him instantly, yeah. or you know, uh, if you miss that, then you know you just keep fighting. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. Okay, sort of thing. It was they furthered the storyline. They made you okay. Panic, panic. Ah, oh, what do oh, I do now? Panic. Yeah, what do I do yeah. now? And they they added to a lot of the emotion of the story as well. So it it snagged you. It pulled you in. It was a fantastic story. Yeah, it was. So good choice. Um. Multiplayer game of the year. Um, my favorite multiplayer game this year was World of Warplanes. Um, 
because that and World of Tanks, uh, I actually I got into World of Tanks at the LAN party that uh, that the computer science club had uh, on campus, and I just man, it's the, like the first multiplayer game that I've enjoyed in a very very long time hmm. um, because the the matches are fairly short. Um, I think like. 10 minutes if you make it to the end uh, and they're set up in such a way that like if you die during the battle you're out of the battle and then you just you know leave go back to the garage pick a different one of your tanks and then like start up uh, you know a new battle um, and it's you know quick in and out uh, I don't have to worry about like well I have to block off 50 minutes of my day now in order to you know just sit here and, and play um, and then World of Warplanes takes that continues that you know quick in and out model uh and puts you in an airplane and i love it uh because the the combat uh works like the the flight system works exactly the same as it did back in uh, freelancer which is really nice because i was familiar with it um the you know that i i started playing the game right when it came out so all of us were noobs and we were all flying around shooting at each other and running into each other because nobody uh understood the concept of fly like don't hit each other uh, <laughs> so that was what most of my deaths were at the beginning they're called jackknifing yeah um wait i thought that's what you did with your car when it was when it's icy out uh you oh, you can also take the wing of your plane and use it to basically destroy another plane ah yeah but that destroys you as well yep yep um so and and i mean so it, it's free to play um so you know there's like really no barrier to entry um unfortunately the grind there's there's a significant amount of grind in that game because uh, is. you have to get a lot of experience to unlock the later airplanes um but it's fun enough that i'm willing to just you know, like you know hop in and not know anybody in a match and just you know just fly around and have fun and yeah. try not to die yeah and i mean that's that's if you think about it that's actually kind of close to what war was cuz a lot of the recruits or whatever mm. just got what was available and a lot of what was available was older planes. Um, right. And then the best were given the newer, the newest stuff mm-hmm. um, so that they could be stronger. And the mic keeps falling. Um, <laughs> Man, why can't we just have nice things? Dang it, Rat. Oh, dang it, Buck. What? I don't live here. I blame you. Sure. Um, so what's your multiplayer game of the year? Mm, well, this one didn't come out this year. But I definitely spent. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> it's it's. Did you play like any multiplayer games that came out this year? Because neither did Guild Wars that came out last year. Yeah. Uh. Nope. Nope. Okay. So League of Legends, the most popular game in the world. Mm-hmm. 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 But I mean, they have been doing some new stuff this year with the different um experimental game modes so mm. all for one and the snowdown showdown and it, isn't this the year that they did aram yes and they brought in arams and so it's it's starting to veer away from the traditional um play style of just the mobas and now mm-hmm. it's getting to be much goofier <laughs> um and experimenting around and playing and just allowing players to be I think I heard you say experimenting. Yes. <laughs> but just I don't know, it's it's a multiplayer game and I I've I've enjoyed playing the game for the game. I've enjoyed playing the game because I get to play with my friends. I've hated the game because a lot of the people in the community, but 
Mm. Yeah. But with a community that large, I mean. Yeah. You're bound to get a few bad apples. Especially when you're behind a computer screen. Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm courteous to everybody that I meet online. Yeah. Meet? I try to be. Not at all. I try to be, yeah. But sometimes I forget that people can't hear my tone of voice when I'm typing. Well, I mean, I'll be sarcastic sometimes, but... Yeah, people don't understand that sometimes, though. They get yeah. mad at you. Yeah, I've never been to the point where I've gotten into a yelling match with other people. Actually, yeah, you just get into pun wars. I get, yeah, I get into pun wars um, and or sometimes just on all chat, uh, we'll start singing a song like Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> that's happened before. Um, actually, more frequently than anything like that, if there's a champ who I, or an enemy champ that I run into a lot, uh, we'll sit there and flirt. Um, <laughs> You're unbelievable. <laughs> um, uh, actually, the other day, oh, this was bad. Um, so we played an ARAM, mm-hmm. and the enemy team said, or told, like, messaged to us, your team, your team comp gives me cancer and AIDS. Um, and I said, yours does too, because I, I hated their team comp too. That was just like, oh gosh, that looks painful. I don't want to play against these guys. And so we got into this and eventually it was, um, may the better cancer win. Wow, or the stronger cancer wins. So, and then he dibs brain brain cancer, and so I, I did what prostate, child's leukemia. <laughs> child's leukemia lost brain cancer stronger. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so I I think I've definitely had more more good times with people in the community than bad times. And I mean, yes, there's a lot of people who will just shout and get angry and whatnot, mm. but you encounter a lot of people who play the game to have fun and do so, and when you get to add in your goofiness, it just makes it that yeah. much better. It's good when people don't take it too seriously. Yeah. Um. So, the game that we spent the most time playing this year, and this is, a, this is the category that specifically is open to all games, not just ones that came out this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, fun- oddly enough, I spent the most time in Assassin's Creed 4. In Ass Creed? Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, that's all within, like, the last three weeks to a month, I guess, uh, is, is how long I've had this game. Um, so, yeah, I, I did a lot of gaming uh, over the last month, I guess. <laughs> and me, oh, hey, I've played this game all year since January and mm. continually played it. Um, League of Legends. League of Legends. League of Legends. <laughs> Um, so game that we wish that we could play, but don't have a system for, we both chose The The Last Last of Us. Oh, man. Just, wait, did that come out this year? No, that came out 2012, didn't it? Wait. No, it did come out this year. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I know that there's a lot of... We're safe, yeah. ...things that put it as game of the year for 2013. Yes, okay. Yeah, we're good. Um, man, this, like, games like that are the reason that I want a PS3 uh-huh. and not an Xbox 360. Actually, Helena's been pushing to get a PS3. Hmm. Hmm. Then you'd have to come home every once in a while. Possibly for The Last of Us. <laughs> I don't remember exactly which game it was for, but that, and I mean, hey, we'd be able to have Blu-ray player then and all that Wait, your stuff. sister wants to play The Last of Us. Yeah. How old is she? Is she 14? She's 14. Isn't oh, she? man. Yeah, no. She can't play that yet. Or no, it wasn't that. Um, it's like two. It's not two brothers. Brothers, a tale of two sons. Brothers, a tale of two cities. No, two sons. Two sons. No, not that. That's one. okay. 
Um, but there was a PS3 one. I'd have to ask her again. Okay. That she specifically wanted it for. Um, actually, knowing your sister, it's probably something that I've never heard of. No, it was one that was a well-known game and one that was like, oh, yeah, oh. I've heard of that one. And I've heard really good things about that one. Okay, too. okay. Because, um, I mean, Brothers A Tale of Two Sons was just on flash sale earlier today. and yeah. or, No, it's on daily sale, actually. Yeah. So I picked that up for, P- for PC, and I need to get a controller now to play it with. Yeah. <laughs> what? Over spring break? What about spring break? Want to work our way through that game? Because you need two controllers, right? No, you need one. It's one controller controlling both characters. Oh. One analog stick for each. Never mind. And one trigger button for, you know, each of their actions. No. Yeah. Um, But man, just The Last of Us. Yeah. Good story. Good controls from what I've heard. You know, uh, good level design. Very emotion. So story. Wow. Much wow. (laughs) Such doge. DLC of the year. My favorite DLC of the year was by far Mass Effect 3 Citadel. Um, because it was, it, it was just such, such, it was, it was clearly built for longtime fans of the series. You know, they put in so many jokes, uh, about, you know, about Shepard, about his crew, um, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's literally a scene where, uh, um, what are the two Krogan's names? Crap. Grunt and... Rex. Rex, yes. Uh, they sit around with Shepard, and all that they say is, Shepard! Shepard! Grunt. Rex. Shepard! Shepard! <laughs> and they just sit there for, for a few minutes saying Shepard over and over again. <laughs> and it was just so perfect. Like, they make fun of his dancing. They, they, <laughs> they make fun of his voice. Like, just everything about it was so great. And, what, do they say he sounds better as a woman or something uh, like that? No, no. They um, but there's there's this moment when Shepard just suddenly realizes, like, wait, is that what I sound like when I say I should go? Maybe I should like try it a different way. I should go. I should go. I should. And that, like, and this whole time while he's doing this, they're like, you know, trapped and they have no way to get out. And 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 you know, so the char- some of the other characters are like, dude, we should figure out like how to get out of this trap. And he's like, I should go. You know, I'm just like, I should go. <laughs> so perfect. Okay, I might have to pick this up. You are going to have to pick that up. <laughs> um, man, and, and even though it doesn't like chronologically, chronologically come last in the game, uh, it's clearly, you know, their, their kind of last hurrah for the series. You know, this is, this is literally the last thing that they worked on for Mass Effect 3, and it's their kind of big farewell for all of the characters that you've met. Um, Grown to wow. Yes. Wow. And now we're quoting the greatest movie of all time. Yes. First movie I ever watched with Sarah. Good choice. Mm-hmm. This was freshman year before we were dating. Hmm. Long time before we were dating. But we'll reminisce about stories later. Because we're reminiscing about games right now. Yes. And my favorite one was by far Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. I really wish that I could get that working on my computer. This this one you don't necessarily have to have inside jokes to enjoy. No, of course not. <laughs> Everything is over the top and ridiculous. and it, it, it takes the best parts of Far Cry 3 and makes them even better. And just, I mean, there's no crafting. Um, mm. But when you level up, you automatically get more... Um, 
or more skills uh, instead of just, oh, you get one skill point here. Oh, you get one skill point here. Um, you get certain things right away. So you're OP right away. And I mean, everything is just over the top, stupid and hilarious. And just the humor probably definitely helps if you're uh, aware of 80s action movie tropes. Yes. Yes. Oh, definitely. Yes. And have seen maybe, you know, a few Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Yes. <laughs> so go watch Terminator and Die Hard and what are some other good 80s action movies? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Probably some of the Rocky ones. Um, mm, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Rambo. Rambo. Yes. yes. Lots of Rambo. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Um, go watch those and then go play this game and you will understand where all the humor comes from. Actually, no. Watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> Oh, boy. And take a look at how much neon there is. <laughs> and then play this game. Oh, man. All the neon. So the, the, the game, if you thought the references in Mass Effect 3, th- this thing pulls references from all across the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it's just... I, I, I have no other way to describe it other than fantastic. Basically, the I mean, the trailers that we saw before it came out sum it up very, very nicely, don't they? Yes. Uh, and and that's the reason that I watched uh, that trailer several times. <laughs> out of the ashes of Vietnam War Three, <laughs> rise a new kind of hero: cyber soldiers. <laughs> the apocalypse has had an, an apocalypse. apocalypse. <laughs> that's yes. the best sentence that's come out of this year, isn't it? <laughs> Earth. The future, two thousand seven. Yes. Space. <laughs> Earth. Yes, those are things. <laughs> oh, man. So, Where, and, and, and I mean, of course, the character names Rex Power Colt. Mm-hmm. Spider, <laughs> um, who is your your black... Oh, yeah. Afri- token black um, companion who... Uh, spoiler alert. No, somewhat spoiler alert. It happens very early on in the game. Like at, at the end of the first level. He dies. Mm, of course. <laughs> do they do they use it for some meaningful character development? They try. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Spider. Um, all these quips about America. <laughs> Remember, I might be a hero out here, but the real heroes are those of you still at home <laughs> fighting the real fight. <laughs> And stuff like that. Sure it's thing, just... dude. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> watch <laughs> He-Man too. Speaking <laughs> and Thundercats. <laughs> I said, hey, hey, hey. I said, hey, 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 hey. I said, hey. What's going on? I didn't know I could get that high. Me neither. <laughs> How high was that exactly? Um, two balls in a joint. <laughs> no, I swear I haven't done anything. No, you'd be acting much, much weirder. <laughs> Would I? <laughs> I hope so. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> along those lines, uh, what's your favorite gaming moment of the year? Um. Okay. And yours happens in that game, so... Mine happens in Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. So, at the very end, um, this... 
you're still going to want to play the game for all the jokes, but mm-hmm. I'm going to have you pull up a video of this and play it. Oh, boy. Um, <clears throat> all right, so at the very end of the game, you get uh, this win weapon, this all-win weapon called the Kill Star. Um, and it looks like a shuriken, and it floats above your wrist, and from it shoots a giant laser that basically kills everything in the end. Um, or not kills everything in the end, but kills anything and everything in your path. Uh, and so, um, look up at the, or number 13 up at the top, that first one. That's 16 minutes long. Okay, fine. We'll do the bottom one. Um, but just, so you you fight your way through blowing up all these guys, and you get to this place, um, and out on a p- platform in the middle is this blood dragon that's covered in armor. Um, and so, I don't know, I, I hope that it shows you the introduction to it. Yes, this is it. Uh, do we have sound? Which one is computer? Oh, that works. Okay, there we go. Rainbows! You have to listen to some of the dragon's lines as we're going through this. Meaningful character development. <laughs> I must break you. I have shot you. Lying. I'm a firing my laser. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like riding me? The music is fantastic. It is. This is fun and sad. <laughs> this, is, this music is like what the final countdown would be if they just didn't care when they had written it. Yeah. <laughs> I am happy. I give that a 9.5.
themselves out of the air and they're fireworks. And of course they're red, white, and blue. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> That's an excellent joke. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't forget to put that that video there oh, in the yes, show notes. The, yeah, the link to it. Um, okay, can I? Okay, I. Yeah. Oh my god! Don't play it. <laughs> so, my favorite gaming moment of the year uh, is actually not, you know, an intentional written moment uh, in a game. This was during Assassin's Creed uh, Four. When uh, Blackbeard is having this really, really intimidating scene where he's yelling at these guys. He has these guys captive and he's trying to trade their lives for, for medicine from Charleston. And uh, the like, nobody's trading you know, medicines to him for his captives. And, and he's, you know, are you not loved by your wives, your families? And, and here's my predicament. I must either kill you or press you into my service. And, and you know, he, it's very, like, really an intense scene. And then Kenway comes in, and at the time I had Kenway wearing uh, the the um, Captain uh, Captain Drake uh, outfit, which involve includes a bandana on his head. For some reason, the model for the bandana was upside down and on top of his head, so it looked like just kind of like this. He had taken like a a, a, a napkin and like folded it funny and then put it on top of his head. So it's supposed <laughs> to go across his. It's supposed to go like across his forehead okay. and then and and kind of come down on the side. But the part that came down on his side was just pointing straight up and go up above his head and kind of looked like uh. Uh, what my profile picture used to be of you know this blue napkin that my sister had had wrapped around my head and made into a, a pointy bandana thing for me and he's <laughs> and Kenway comes in and he's and they're still obviously like talking as if nothing was wrong because to them nothing's wrong there's just you know one of the models is just completely different and uh, I I took a, a video of it um, and obviously like watching that video for just for the audio doesn't make sense because you can't see it. But uh, definitely go ahead and watch that because it's hilarious. Yes. Uh, and that's I guess that's what happens when you make a giant uh, you know open world game. There's going to be a few mishaps. Uh, yeah, hitches. And like I actually saw several times where there were like people up on my riggings on the on the ship that like weren't holding on to anything they're just standing there as if they're standing on you know solid ground uh you know or things getting caught inside uh walls occasionally i mean uh, think bethesda yeah it's yeah it's like no big deal but uh it happens um so worst game of the year oh man the worst game i played was b- by far contrast um i felt ah uh, i feel really bad talking smack about the game but it just was not fun um, because it was a platformer with really, really terrible, frustrating platforming. Mm. <laughs> and uh, the promise, it, it looked like it was going to be so good because yeah. it had such a unique, a unique idea. With the shadows. The shadows. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, and I, I mean, like, I can think of maybe one other game that's done that kind of thing, and that was a Mario game, and I can guarantee you that you, they did it well. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> it's a Mario game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, contrast, just not, not fun. And then I played one um, that I picked up on sale, and this actually, I think, came out a little while ago. Um, like, almost 2013, not quite 2013. Okay. but close enough. I played it in 2013, um, and it was called Of Orcs and Men. Which is a very clever title. Yeah. 
<laughs> Don't hurt yourself. David I'm Bach. not. I'm fine. Um, let's see. Lubrication. Um. <clears throat> okay, you're not allowed to yell that while we're talking about a game called Of Orcs and Men. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so what was so bad about it? I just the mechanics were. There was nothing good about the mechanics. Mm. Absolutely nothing good. The character models were all choppy. Um, oh boy, or not choppy, but just not. Not really well put together. The voiceover was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't bother playing it more than a little while, just because I'm like, this this isn't going to be worth my time. I I'm not impressed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know that I shouldn't necessarily judge a book by its cover. I shouldn't judge something like that. Um, and I bought it when it was on sale because I was looking for a good RPG to play for a little while, and so I picked mm-hmm. this up because it was listed as an RPG. Um. And I think this was, this was before actually it had gotten no. Well, I don't know. Anyway, um, just I don't know. It, it it just didn't do it for you. It just didn't do it for me. Oh well. Um. No. On a happier note, best game of the year. Yes. My my pick was uh, Bioshock Infinite. And I had two that I was having trouble deciding between. Um. One. Well, you have to you have to pick one. Because I mean, if I were allowed to pick two, it would be Bioshock Infinite and Gone Home. But I can't pick two. Um, Bioshock Infinite or Shadow Warrior were the ones that I had. Um, I guess I'll go with Bioshock Infinite because it had the better story of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I I loved Shadow Warrior. I loved the surprise of how good it was. And actually, there was a lot of really good things that happened in Shadow Warrior. Like, there was actually character development. <laughs> <laughs> and there this was, is for you, Spider. And there was a decent amount of character development. Actually, that reminds me. Um, so I know I can tell you for sure that if Sam were here, his worst game of the year would be Aliens Colonial Marines because we all remember how big of a disappointment that was. And yeah. he loves telling me about this one moment in the game when one of the characters so – somebody had just died and another one of the characters said, you know, oh, man, we ha- me and her, we had a thing. And another character asks him what kind of thing and he just goes, a sex thing. <laughs> character development clever lines a sex thing <laughs> sorry I was I, I was about to put something up in the titles and then I noticed the way that Ryan had messed up the title in typing it in uh, that, I think that was me or, or Buck did sorry instead of two bowls and a joint it was two bowls nad a joint <laughs> <laughs> yeah well this keyboard's hard <laughs> Um, man, so I, I picked Bioshock Infinite because it just, it's, it absolutely sucked me in, in a way that no game has sucked me in since, like, Half-Life 2, um, because I, I remember, I, I beat that game within the first 36 hours that it was out, and I had spent, I think, two-thirds of my time, no, one-third of my time playing the game, or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I had spent eight, 18 hours in the game. Was it 18? Was mm. it 16? Was it 13? Remember. It was 13. Yeah, it was 13. <laughs> 13 hours in the game. So that was like a, yeah, that was a good third of my time total Yeah, playing the game. Yeah. I just could not put it down. No. It was also the reason that I got bad grades last, that semester. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, good. This low clap feature is still enabled. <laughs> I did it for you guys, listeners. <laughs> I sacrificed my grades. Now, here's the question. Can you name what I was just referring to? Portal 2. Good man. Yep. Okay. 
So you picked Bioshock Infinite as well? Yes. For mostly story? Story um, was fantastic. And I mean, we talked about it a little bit um, and that it was like a dream that I had once. Um, yeah. Crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the things my mind thinks up when I'm not trying to think. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Wait. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, looking back on the story now, um, I... I don't think it was as good as I thought it was while I was playing the game. Um, the whole, you know, multiple universes thing was kind of executed a little sloppily yeah. in hindsight. Um, and it seems kind of like it's, it's a weird thing. Cause I, it, like, I'm not sure how I, f- how the other Bioshocks fit in exactly anymore, um, in the fiction. Uh, but I mean, it, it was good. Um, and it, like, it reminded me of, of several things like, uh, um, the Magician's Nephew, one of the books in the Narnia series. Um, Maybe Booker that, DeWitt is the one that caused the fall of Rapture. You, uh, in which universe, though? <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, uh, uh, the one from which one you're in. Yeah, exactly. Or it, No, maybe it's the same one. But they can use that excuse now for, like, anything like, you know, explain to me, like, why that is. It's like, well, that was just a different universe. Don't worry about it. Like, you know? Also, spoiler alert. Well, I... We they've known that universe hopping has been a is a thing because that was in the trailers. It was. Yeah, we saw her opening chairs in the trailers. To, oh yeah, to other universes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Okay, so news story of the year. Um, <laughs> I picked uh <laughs> Microsoft. You know, announcing the Xbox One as an always online. Uh, you know, no no used game sales and you know. They actually did have some interesting online features, um, but then everybody got all up in arms because they're like, ah, I need my used games, and you can't watch me all the time, uh, Microsoft. And and so then they kind of completely reversed uh, their decision on that, um, which is kind of both a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, I still don't like it that they thought that it was a good idea in the first place. Um, but the fact that they listened. But yes, the f- yes. But they still thought it was a good idea in the first place. <laughs> yes. And also, we like there are a lot of online features that got taken out because of that, because they got rid of the complete, you know, mm. requiring you to be <laughs> online thing. Um, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. All right, and then mine was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in a lot of ways, showing that whole yin yang balance thing of. Not everything that is evil is completely evil. Mm-hmm. So EA has the rap of being the worst company, period. Yeah. Um, but this year we found out a couple of things that make us think, oh, n- not not really. In fact, they're still doing a lot of good. So um, like the fact that they um, had the highest employee satisfaction rates in the country, especially for LGBTQ, mm-hmm. or one of the highest, sorry, not the highest, but one of the highest. Um, and as good places for people like that to work. And, um, and then they also did the EA humble bundle and the donating, what was it like 10 and a half million or something like that? I forget what the total came out to, but I mean, EA took absolutely no cut from, yeah, from the humble bundle at all. Yeah. Which was incredible. Yeah. So they're still good that they do. Mm-hmm. So just finding out about those things, especially the, the humble bundle. I mean, I, I, Giving to charities is something that's always good, as long as the charities don't abuse the money. Right. And I'm pretty sure that Humble Bundle is I hope good at... they don't. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the Humble Bundle is pretty good at choosing charities that don't. And now, we get to look to the future. Yes. What is our most anticipated game of 2014? Dragon Age 3. 
that's coming out in 2014? I thought it was. Really? I hope it is. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, actually, I have no idea. Let's... I'm going to have to play Origins soon, then. Um, Dragon Age 3 release date. Uh, I'm going to say that my most anticipated one is Thief, because I enjoyed Dishonored so much. Um, and Thief is actually soon enough in the future that I can actually, you know, target it uh, with a specific date that I'll be able to play it on. Um, if I... If Destiny were coming to PC, it would be great. Um, a lot of people are looking forward to Titanfall, but, I mean, that's just another multiplayer shooter to me. Um, it does look much cooler than most multiplayer shooters, but, you know, I, I don't really play many of those. Um, <clears throat> even the TF2s I don't get into very often. Yeah. What are you seeing for Inquisition? Because um... And I know that we're not expecting the next Mass Effect until... At least 2015, I think. Uh... <laughs> oh, hold up. Hold up. Telltale is coming out with several things this next year. Oh, yeah. The Walking Dead Season 2, for one. which I still haven't played the first. Yeah, it started this month, um, but we're counting it as a 2014 game. Um, they're going to be doing their Game of Thrones game and their Borderlands game. Oh, man. Um, shoot, I'm going to go with... The Walking Dead season two because I'm so invested in 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 that series already and it was it was my favorite game of 2012 so yeah uh, actually I'm revising forget you thief you're gonna be great but uh, The Walking Dead season two is gonna be better I bet I don't know I'm I'm super pumped for oh gosh why is Wikipedia so big <laughs> <laughs> what did you do why is That's, it zoomed in Matt has bad eyes oh he's like my mother. Sorry. Uh, yes, Dragon Age Inquisition is supposed to come out on uh, third quarter of 2014. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that's your that's your answer? Yeah, that one or Thief. Okay. Good, I'm, I'm good. borrowing Thief now, too. But <laughs> either one of those, I those are the two that I am easily the most pumped for. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a good year. And it has been a good year. Oh, man. This is so great. Yes. The Whacking Dead. Yeah, I can I can type. The Whacking Dead. Wait, waking Dead? <laughs> it's The Whacking Dead. <laughs> All right. Um, so this has been... Okay. Uh, Whacking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been our uh, our <laughs> summary of 2013, our nostalgia, well, short-term nostalgia trip. Um, thanks for joining us for it, everybody. We'll see you next year. Go check us out on iTunes if that's your fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who do use iTunes, thanks for... Tune in that way. Yeah, too. Um, I think iTunes has like a rating system, don't they? You should you should give us a rating, whether it be bit good or bad. Um, oh, hopefully good. I hope good. Yeah, I don't know. I, but if people don't like hearing us just talk for uh, an hour and a half or however long we've been talking, uh, you know, I can respect that too. And please be honest, this is for posterity's sake. <laughs> 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 This is Ian Buck. <laughs> and I'm Ian Decker. Signing off. I couldn't help myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what this whole show is. Just a big opportunity. <laughs> and then, yeah. Set up, punchline. Set up, punchline. Mm-hmm. Set up. Oh, okay. Um, I'm actually here. Let me... I'm pretty sure that I have nothing going on whatsoever in my life.
<laughs> that sounds really bad, I think. <laughs> I think that sounds bad. Nope, not even a beating heart. Oh, there it goes. It's all over now. Around here? Yeah. What do you mean? It would be the same as yours. Would well, I don't know. What have, what have you experienced? Like, I can get 21 I somewhere. I haven't measured it. Get going. You I have a phone. Measure. I don't care. Measure, 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 measure. David, I can tell you the news. 